0: It might be true that Mr. Beast might be the first billionaire on YouTube. Yeah! Funny enough, funny enough, Nationers. we are here. Doing this, I, I feel like I always hit the record button, get right into the episode, just like this. Nationers, welcome back to a, another episode. Today's episode of The Realist Podcast, episode 50, Banner right here, is our Halloween special. Now, you are probably wondering, why in the world is there like nothing around me? There's no like decor, there's nothing. Okay, I need to explain myself, okay? So, earlier this week, I received a text... From chase my bank. That's who I bank with saying that. Hey, there's like a fraudulent purchase on your card and I'm like, oh, that's not great So, uh, I said like no, they said that they're gonna send me a new card and that happened like Tuesday (laughs) that happened Tuesday literally right as I was streaming on YouTube I uh, got the text after well I got it during the stream and then responded to it after and I was like, oh crap Like I need to go buy stuff and luckily I had a little bit of cash so that was kind of nice but it really kind of sucked because that day I was gonna go buy decor for like the entire podcast set and that did not happen so I'm kind of kind of out of luck but that's okay because there still is Christmas so at least maybe saving up a little bit more for Christmas and all that good jazz so Nationers, we are here for episode 50, the Halloween special that isn't so Halloween-y. And uh, I'm dressing up in my own merch, so there's that. But thank you guys again so much for uh, watching, viewing, listening, and subscribing to this podcast. It really means a lot to me. Uh, Again, we are on the road to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. So again, if you guys have not hit that subscribe button, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And of course, make sure to go uh, support the podcast, however you feel fit, on Instagram, on um, TikTok, and maybe even listening. Shout out to all the listeners out there. However, Nationers. We're just going to hop right into it. It has been a, uh, an, a wild week. I feel like the stories that I kind of want to talk about, the topics that I want to share, are a little bit more, uh, not like heavy and sad, but like heavy and like big. Because it's kind of just like very groundbreaking news and stuff that I'm just like, oh my gosh. I can't believe like I'm reading this right now. So, first of all, Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. We all know Mr. Beast. We know Jimmy Donaldson. That's his, that's his name. His name's Jimmy Donaldson. We all know Jimmy as Mr. Beast. He recently just passed 100 million subscribers uh, roughly about two months ago in August. And it was probably one of the biggest feats of any YouTuber. It, it truly is the greatest feat of any YouTuber out there in the world. And he's not the first individual to do it. Uh, PewDiePie did it first back in 2018, 2019. And then uh, that preceded Mr. Beast as an individual, of course, uh, in 2022, three years later. So with that, uh, Mr. Beast has also opened a bunch of businesses. He's opened up an app, Finger on the App, which he used to obviously promote a lot of challenges and a lot of promotion for, you know, just giving out money to people. And then also... He um, has opened up Feastables, which is a snack company. And he's also opened up Mr. Beast Burger. And not gonna lie, that's not even the brunt of it. That's that's really not the brunt of what I'm about to mention. I just kind of want to at least lay some things out, right? So he's got the business side. He's also got two other channels that are massively successful, if not three with his Shorts channel. So on his gaming channel, Reminder: 107 million subscribers on his main channel. He has about a third of that at 30 million, 29.2 roughly, um, on his gaming channel. And then not only that, he has about 20 million subscribers on his React channel. These are big numbers. Like these are huge. So Mr. Beast, probably one of the most decorated, talented channels on YouTube. And, And Mr. Beast, the most decorated and and gifted creators on YouTube, right? Not channels. He is a person. So just wanted to at least differentiate that. One of the most gifted and talented creators on the planet. He recently, uh, is I think seeking like $150 million for something. Um, and I don't know like what he's seeking it for, but I know that there's an intention and I don't, and this might be the four, but he's using that certain money for the intention of trying to evaluate Mr. Beast. I just hit the mic. <laughs> Valuing Mr. Beast and all the different things that he owns and is, uh, I guess, a part of. Um, at $1.5 billion. <laughs> $1.5 million. It might be true that Mr. Beast might be the first billionaire on YouTube. That is, that is wild to think about. That is like truly wild to think about. So Mr. Beast, Jimmy, this, this YouTuber, this part, not even YouTuber, this person, this creator who has came from making videos in his bed, Minecraft videos, tutorials, talking about commentary to then breaking a table with a, uh, plastic knife to, Naming YouTubers' names a hundred thousand times, to counting to one hundred thousand, to watching these videos for ten hours, the dedication, the grind might finally be paying off in a big sum of money. And mind you, this is just an evaluation of the worth. This isn't like like physically like, hey, if I sell all these, this is like what I'd get, which I guess kind of is the worth of it, but there's there, it's divvied up a little bit different than that. You know, like five dollars is worth five dollars. It's not like, I'll give you a five if you give me two dollars. or, I'll give you five if you give me $10, right? So, Mr. Beast, obviously, just like a massive creator. And this and this really impacts a lot of the creator economy. Conan and Samir, who I made a video with, they have um, talked about and interviewed Mr. Beast about being the first YouTube billionaire. And a year has gone by since that interview. And quite frankly, with this evaluation of his channels and the... Uh, the sphere, the businesses of Mr. Beast, it might come true. It truly might come true. It's funny because like even Feastables and Mr. Beast Burger aren't like that big uh, monetary worth. You know, like if I, you know, just like any person who has worth, it's not just like what they have in their bank account. It's like their assets, which is like a house or a car or just like a stock, you know, like that's what they're worth. So It's kind of interesting to think about because for Jimmy, he's probably reached $100 billion in his lifetime. Or not $100 billion, $1 billion in his lifetime, but just hasn't had that set amount at once. And mind you, this is divvied up over paying people this is like this is like a normal company right like a company might have a billion dollars but they're not having that in cash they're obviously paying people to work there they're also working on different promotions they have different tabs that they're working on they have accounts receivable which is basically like money coming in and accounts uh, not deductible but accounts Whatever's going out. I forget what it is in accounting. But, you know, like having to do that, you know, like an invoice or something. I just totally missed my finger. <laughs> Please do not clip that. I was trying to like tap my finger like the list of things, but I missed my finger. Please do not clip that. <laughs> so, Mr. Beast again, one of the most highly decorated creators, might be worth $1.5 billion on whatever day is coming up. And it might be for Christmas. I don't know. Um, he's also opened up like venture funds for creators to, you know, help promote and help, you um, you know, kickstart a lot of their channel making. And I think that's great. I think what he does, especially philanthropically, uh, is great. And really just all the stuff that he does is really awesome. I'm taking a sip of water now. Okay, so uh, some things might have changed within uh, the YouTube sphere recently. And some of you guys out there, as you guys are watching this, may have already been affected by it. Some of you guys in the near future will be getting stuff like this. And if you're watching this like a month or three months down the line, episode 50 of The Realist Podcast, which is a big milestone. Which is a really big milestone. Um, You guys may uh, already have it at this point. I'd hope you'd have it in the next month to three months uh, down the line if you guys are watching this in the future. So YouTube recently announced that they are... um they They didn't actually formally announce it. Like they didn't like do, like, a presser for it, like companies normally do. They just kind of, like, did it, and a lot of creators kind of, like, had inside news to it. So, YouTube is kind of creating uh, an ecosystem of certain types of videos. And back last year, kind of, like, two years ago, soon to be two years ago, was the birth of YouTube Shorts, which was YouTube's competitive short-form feature, short-form uploads that were um, basically... Being a competitor within TikTok, um, Snapchat, which kind of added their short form, which is kind of weird. And then also, also, they then also uh, Instagram as well. i sorry. I have like dead skin and I felt like my mind was like, I need to pick that right now. So there's my mind just going bonkers. But that's that. And YouTube obviously made this feature to, you know, be a competitor within the short form sphere, especially since the rise of TikTok was like, holy goodness, my God, so, YouTube uh, creators have been, I don't know, my my, my mind blank there. YouTube creators over the past year and a half have been really just, like, angry about um, YouTube's kind of, like, shelving of stuff, uh, shelving of videos. And for the most part, like, YouTube has kind of, like, inched their way ever so slightly. Have you ever, guys, have you ever heard about the... Like, oh my gosh, like you could have like a hundred billion dollars, right? Or $1.5 billion like Mr. Beast might have. But there is a snail chasing you for life. And if you ever get touched by the snail, then you die. So it's kind of like that. They just slowly inch like a snail. Closer to closer to Doom. Which Doom in this case was is actually them splitting what was the short form and long form videos in the same shelf. So if you would normally go to a YouTube channel. You'd go to there. It would show up on their homepage. They'd have like all the lists that kind of just like a a general channel would look like. And then the next tab had videos. And inside of there, they unfortunately had what we like to call the most disgusting shelving of any platform. Which was long form and short form videos together. Because long forms typically have a thumbnail. But then a lot of short forms would typically just have like the screenshot. And then they'd have like black... Or, like, whatever kind of color was around on the outside. So, it didn't really look good. And a lot of creators hated it because it just, like, I want to try and find a certain video. But there's a whole bunch of, like, randomness to a lot of things. So, here's what they did to combat that. Which is actually probably one of their biggest updates ever. And probably their best update regarding, like, UI. So, YouTube essentially split the two. And they also split live streams. So, they split... Videos, shorts, live stream, all into three separate categories. Um, so if I were to go live on a channel, which I do on my second channel, would you guys should go come and watch the streams every single day except Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time? Please come watch. It'd be awesome to have you guys there. Let me know if you guys come from this podcast. And then also, they have short forms, which is again one of the biggest competitors to a lot of short form platforms. And then long-form videos, which are obviously a huge thing that YouTube prides itself on. And I really like it. I really like it. Because for the most part, like, I really didn't upload shorts that often because I didn't really like the way that it looked. And so I kind of did it. didn't quite work out. But I've been doing it a lot on my second or my shorts channel where it's kind of just like clips and whatnot. And that's basically it. So it's kind of nice. It's really just kind of robust. And it really just kind of works. So really happy about that. In addition to that, that's not where this ends. YouTube also decided to change a lot of their UI. Now, a lot of the UI is still going to kind of change because even when I was watching a live stream, there's a feature on there. There's a button you could click on where it would say like hide chat, but like it kind of like blends in color wise with it before you hover your mouse over. But then when you hover your mouse over the hide chat tab, or button, it kind of like rounds the corners into the button because it changes the button color, not the little tab that it's on. So it, I think they're still working on it, of course, and they're just going to kind of find things that are a little bit better because even algorithmically, live streams are going to become a little bit bigger. Um, creators who are live are going to start showing up a lot more. So it's actually a really good thing because now you're able to split long form, split short form. And honestly, I think I'm going to start doing a lot more short form on my second channel. Maybe. I don't know at least on my short form, um, or my shorts channel, it will be kind of that, but I kind of want to at least dabble and see just maybe just how it kind of looks. I think for the most part, it looks good. Um, and I'm really happy that it's kind of that because it still splits it, but then also for long form and for short form and for any thumbnail you'd see, and for really anything you'd see, they actually rounded the corners, which is really new. And I really kind of like it. Um, let me pull up like a channel here. I'm just going to pull up my channel, honestly. Um, So I'm on my main channel, Jared Hathaway. And yeah, just like rounded corners. It looks really nice. And like the margin is, you know, a few pixels. But then when I hit the videos tab, it goes from basically like five videos kind of like condensed to now um, four videos, a little bit bigger, a little bit more gap, so you can kind of see. So it's basically four by how many ever layers you have or uh, rows that you need to fit all your videos. And it looks really, really good. Like I'm really, really happy about how this looks. Um, And yeah, like I think this is probably one of the best updates. Like if I were to go to a channel um, even last week, I'd be like, I'm trying to find a video but I don't know. And then also, they did something big for iPad. So if you're an iPad kid listening to this, here's what they did. They did something very big. So if you were to open up the videos tab on your iPad, they actually like did the same thing where they stack it. So it's basically like three um columns and then however many down it would take to get to all the videos and it looked super good because instead of like having to scroll and maybe like thinking you passed a video and it's like oh crap what's be it's above this one but below that one and you gotta try and search it looks really good and really really clean so they actually did more than just like the desktop they did like the ipad kid update which is really nice um and yeah i think youtube's heading in the right direction i know youtube's kind of been under fire just for like just kind of like nonsense. Um, basically, most platforms can. Um, but I think in the greatest for YouTube, definitely taken one of the bigger tolls um, in just the greatest fear Because like even TikTok's kind of hit more of a public sphere of like privacy reasons and like Facebook has too. But for the most part, really like YouTube's uh, new update, um, especially with just like different things that are on here. And I'm really happy about this. Like even if I go to my Jared Hathaway Like I could go to videos and that's like fantastic. There's all my videos, the eight videos I've uploaded and then my lives. And then there's just literally all the lives right there, ready for you to watch. And it's fantastic. I love it. It is, it just looks super clean and super great. Um, So yeah, I'm just like really happy that they've at least introduced something like this because it's been kind of long overdue. It didn't seem like a hard thing to implement, but it's slowly going to roll out over time. It will slowly um, turn into this for many people if it's not already. So it's really, really nice. Taking a sip of my water again. Okay. So I'm recording this pretty late at 10 20 p.m. Basically, less than, a little bit more than 12 hours since uh, 12 hours from this video coming out. And I mainly did that because today, was the Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva fight. And I don't know if you guys remember, but I will remind you, of course. Um, when the fight got announced in like August, I predicted Jake Paul to win. And I was right. I was right in that regard. I was right when I said Jake Paul would win. Did I think it would be this close? Yes, yes, I did think it would be this close. However, I didn't think it would be kind of like as close, as close as it was. You know, like I thought it would be a challenge for Jake to kind of step in the ring with Anderson De Silva, but then also I didn't think it was going to be as tough. If that makes sense, I think a lot of people maybe thought it was just going to be like this guy's old, easy right hand, bam, bam, just easy, just like knock him out. That's pretty much it. Now. There, This is kind of how the fight went, and then I'll kind of talk about how the scorecard um, went, because it was actually a pretty close fight up until the last round, and unfortunately, a lot of people are probably going to say it's rigged, I and I'm almost kind of like, it's kind of weird, because it like doesn't make sense, it just really doesn't make sense, because it's like... There's commentators out there. I've watched plenty of boxing out there. I've watched plenty of like UFC. Mind you, those are like different sports, but they're kind of like in the same field of combat sports. You know, like whether you're landing more punches, whether you're like defending really good or like however the tides are turned, right? But then also the skill aspect of it. I've seen a lot of fights in my time. So I feel like I have a good grasp of like what a fight should be scored at. You know, like, whether it be, should be, like, two rounds them, one round this person, and then it's, like, kind of vice versa, right? But this fight kind of didn't really make much sense, like, in the scoring. Like, they had kind of, like, an unofficial scorecard that somebody who was, like, commentating or just kind of, like, watching, spectating, like, scored. And I was like, what? It's 3-1 to one Jake Paul? I swear it's at least a 2-2. Two, two. And then they were going into the fifth round, and they had showed the, the, four, the four rounds scored, 3-1 Jake. And then I was like, after the 5th, I'm like, well, that's definitely 2-3 Jake now. But it was in my mind, it's definitely 3-2 Anderson to Silva. Like, I was thinking it was 2-2 two, two going into the 5th. And then Anderson Silva won the 5th and the 6th and the 7th. And somehow he still lost, and it doesn't make any sense. But it's very interesting because... When the fight started... I just burped. (laughs) Excuse me. So... (coughs) Excuse me. When the fight started, Jake kind of comes out hot. This is kind of a little bit unusual by him. Um, Basically, if you ever watched a Tyrone Woodley fight, um, the second fight, that is, where um, Tyrone Woodley just kind of comes out hot, guns blazing, throwing hands. Jake's just kind of playing defense, kind of letting things happen. This was the complete opposite. But... By the complete opposite, like the most extreme opposite as you could get, where Jake goes from being the sheltered kid just trying to defend himself from a bully to like outright just like bah, 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 tra, tra. and then Anderson De Silva is just like he's just like punching like a pony, like a like a stuffed animal. He's like, yeah, it's kind of nice, kind of. Nice. He threw one punch that entire round, which is kind of insane to think about. He did not throw a lot of jabs. He threw a handful of power punches, which landed like 37% of the time, but then he also had a crap ton of uppercuts, which was kind of insane. Um, so, yeah, all in all, Anderson and Silva kind of comes out very slow. And, I've, and when you go into the second round, you realize that he's going super fast. It's like, oh, this is a part of the game plan. And I think that was really, really smart by him. And I don't think it would be as close of a match for many people if – Anderson Silva went fast because if Anderson Silva just kind of like played every card, like just like imagine, imagine you're doing like a magic trick and like basically you're showing the magician, the card that you're not supposed to tell them. Right. I mean, that's basically what a boxing match is. You have a card, you have cards in your deck and you're, and you don't know what's going to be played for the opponent. Right. And from the opponent. So that's kind of like, I think a really good strategy for Anderson Silva just to go really slow. Second round, guns blazing. Jake just like, whoo, right into the corner. Kind of really gave Anderson and Silva kind of what he wanted. It was really good. But the one surprising thing is, if you've seen that knockout on Tyron Woodley, that right-hand sucker punch overhand right, knocked him out. Anderson and Silva, second round, third round. Both happened. Fine. Just totally fine. I don't know what was, what was about it. It was, it was totally fine. Just ate it like it was a normal punch. And I'm kind of shocked by it, kind of shocked by it, because, um, it just kind of like brings up. I'm like, what what? Tyrone? Tyrone Woodley, What are you doing, dog? Um, so yeah, second round, third round, fourth round kind of goes by. I think Anderson' the Silva's winning at least two to two, but in favor of winning this fifth. And I could see a, I could see a world where Jake won the first and then Anderson De Silva won the second, third and fourth, which, I think many could argue. I think many could argue. Even if that is true, and Jake won four, five, six, and seven, I'm like, ooh, that's kind of rough because it's it's really weird. It is really weird the scoring. So in the eighth round, the eighth and final round, one and a half minutes going into it, Jake knocks down Anderson and Silva, and mind you, he's not really shook shooken up. He might have lost a little bit of power, but he's still like is up. He's fine. Like he's he's like, yeah, I'm fine. They stands there, stands there. Perfect. Referee's like, let's go. And he didn't really look shooken up. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, like I said, he probably lost a bit of power because even his his punches looked really sluggish. But the one main thing is the scorecard was split for the rounds, but still in Jake's favor. So two judges scored at 78 to 73, and one of the judges scored at 77 to 74 which means for those 3 points that Anderson and Silva lost in the final round it would have been 77 to 75 and then 78 to 74 which means that Jake actually won two more rounds than Anderson and Silva for one judge and then three for the other which I'm just trying to like think about like I watched the fight and I'm just like what? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like if it went to cards I was thinking Anderson and Silva would have won. In that case, because like, like I said, I was right that Jake would win, but I didn't think Anderson De Silva was going to be that tough as he was as, as tough as he was. So when it came to the final round, the knockdown, it was basically solidified that Jake was going to win. Like I might mind you, I thought Jake would at least get like a few knockdowns or have a lot more momentum, but that didn't happen. So like even my prediction of saying that Jake Paul won and was going to win against Anderson Silva was really theoretically wrong. Because, like, without that knockdown, it's a pretty close bout. And I'm still kind of confused on the scorecards. Like, it just doesn't quite make sense. So, even with a lot of the fights that I've watched and a lot of combat that I've watched, it still doesn't really make any sense. I'm just like, what? What's going on here? I don't understand. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a holy grail of a match. It was a lot tougher, a lot more entertaining than I thought. So, shout out to obviously Andrew da Silva for stepping in the ring with, you know, now 6-0 boxer Jake Paul, who is still on a terror, um, coming for a lot of these boxers, coming for a lot of these combat um, people. And I respect it. I respect it. I can't say much because I've never really stepped in the ring like that. um So, you hate him or love him. Like, I still think there is a level of respect for Jake, regardless of what he said. Like, if we were to take out everything from his life of anything he's ever said, and it was just like the fights that really spoke, I could still respect Jake. I could still respect him in the sense that he's willing to put his body on the line. He's willing to put in the time, the dedication to be a high-level athlete against one of the greatest and some of the greatest combat sports athletes in the world. And I think it's also respectable of like how smart uh, he is at choosing his opponents. So... Very, very, very excited about that. Um, just like results. Like I think it's big for just like the sport of boxing as well as big uh, for internet superstars just like Jake and and like Logan who still is a little bit more in touch with a lot of the creator side, um, which I really appreciate um, as a creator myself, also an athlete. It's really awesome to see from both fronts. Um, so yeah, nationers, big, big, big things um, coming out of the boxing scene. Um, and I'm just really, really excited. So, if you guys have actually came to some of the streams, you guys would have known when I was actually streaming on Twitch and before I made my move to YouTube, I was streaming some of the beta of the brand new Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which was actually, uh, thank you, uh, big thanks to Klaski, Klaske Official. I will leave a link down in the description because he actually hit me up with, um, like, just someone who had codes. So, I was like, sick. That's freaking great. Um, and yeah, so... He hooked me up with some codes. I'm really, really happy uh, about that because I was able to stream a lot of the beta, a lot of the multiplayer. And recently the campaign just came out and oh my gosh, I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's really good. I have heard some great things about this Call of Duty campaign. So I might actually play it on stream. I might also just like play it on like TikTok because I feel like that'd be kind of fun. I've been doing like TikTok lives on my PC, just like doing my thing. And it's low-key kind of, like, fun. Like, I really, really enjoy it. And I don't know. There's just something about it that I'm, like, really, really happy about. Just being able to connect with people. And regardless of what you think about TikTok, it's just fun. It's able, It enables me to build an audience even on there and just continue to grow um, this audience that is the nation or is the realest community on the internet. And, yeah, so I might do some, like, campaigns on the TikTok. I'll probably do them mostly online because I feel like that'd be fun. But... Really love the beta, like I mentioned. The campaign's freaking great. A lot of these creators who obviously are just like buying the the normal uh, campaign multiplayer, just buying the game, they are having a ton of fun in the multiplayer. And it's really, really awesome to see that this game is really good. Because I really like, um, back when I was growing up, Modern Warfare, um, World at War, those were like the games that I loved. I love Call of Duty World at War. It's my favorite COD of all time. Um, A lot of people say BO2, Black Ops 2 is their favorite. I've never played it, so I can't say. But I will say that the World at War Call of Duty back in the day was fire. It was great. I freaking loved it. It, We still have the CD downstairs. I don't know why I pointed here, but we still have the CD downstairs. So I might even play it one day just for fun. But one of my favorites, Modern Warfare, uh, a, a franchise part of the Call of Duty franchise that I really like. And I probably will play, like, with the new Vanguard that came out last year and Cold War before that, I just kind of felt like a disconnect, like, I didn't really feel like this was COD, I kind of felt like it was this new era of COD, uh, Call of Duty, that is, that I just didn't really feel in tune with, like, I didn't really understand the storyline, and didn't really understand too much about it, so, it's kind of felt like a little disconnected with it, especially from the multiplayer standpoint. And most players in that game are just, like, really, really good. And I'm just, like, not, like, the greatest. But I could definitely hold my own. Like, if you were to put me, like, against, like, some of the, like, maybe, like, a high school basketball team, I could hold my own, you know? I could hold my own. I, I won't be the best player out there, but I could hold my own, right? So, this brand-new Call of Duty showing showing some love. And I love that the Call, Call of Duty community is really showing some love for this, especially saying that the past two didn't receive the best of receptions. So... I'm just really, really happy about that. And I'm sure that there will be um, some things in the future coming out um, multiplayer-wise. So definitely look, be on the lookout for that. Um, definitely on our Discord as well or or just on the streams. Again, both those links will be down in the description as well as Klauske's, which you guys should go follow him on Twitch because he's been streaming a lot of that. Um, and even if you're watching this in the uh, three months down the line, again, don't worry about the decor worry about the YouTube UI and then also make sure to go follow Klosky and make sure to hit that subscribe button on today's uh, episode and for the channel. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, and I will see you guys in the next episode of the Realist Podcast, episode 50. I'll see you guys later. 07. Peace, peace.